And we're hot. We're live. This is live. This is it. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Vorloff Hour. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. It's January. There's about eight inches of snow on the ground. And we trekked all the way up here to Waterloo, Iowa, to see Single Speed and to talk to David Morgan. David or Dave? I go by both. Which one do you like? I like David. Okay, we're going to go with David for this show. We're here with Dave Morgan and Austin Myers, the head brewer. Uh, Dave, you are the founder, owner, CEO, CFO. Yeah. Cool, cool. We are missing a voice today, and I do apologize for that, but Pete Holmgren is not here. Um, So we'll just have a quick 30-second moment of silence. He didn't die. He's just not here today. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's he's working. So miss you, Pete. R.I.P. R.I.P. Okay, thank you for that moment <laughs> of silence there, and we're back. We're up into like I said. Sorry, guys. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Vorloff Hour, brought to you by the Iowa Craft Brewers Guild. I'm Alex Lovinggood. Got my good friend Brewer Jim Heckathorn over there from Cabco. Jim, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, you. <laughs> drove up here with me oh yeah we did the, the roads were a little bit precarious oh, yeah we, tell me about those but we made well we made it a two-hour drive into three hours yeah okay um you guys definitely got less snow than we did down in the oh my the god absolutely area. for real yeah oh yeah 100 <clears throat> percent. So. i felt like we got plenty well it's it's oh. yeah i mean it's it's a lot but yeah we got more you got so, more no big deal yeah we'll just, we're better started yeah. earlier finished <laughs> later for you guys and when did it stop our stopped at like 2 a.m i was asleep so, yeah, okay. yeah, probably around then. Yeah. yeah. I fell asleep at 7.30 last <laughs> night. <so. laughs> Woo! Thank God we have some beers in front of us because James is uh, feeling it a little bit today. Uh, real quick before we get into it, what are we drinking here? Start off with that, Austin. Yeah. Uh, right now we've just got Gable in front of us. It's our uh, flagship Municellus, probably the strongest brand in our tap room, I would say. Uh, one that we're especially proud of and kind of, I think, is uh, premier focus in 2022. Yeah, we like this beer. I like this beer. Draft yeah. package everything. Yeah. Cans. Yeah. 16 or 12. You name it, man. Yep. You name it. Six we do ounce, both? Uh, six pack, 12 pack on 12 Ooh. ounce, and then uh, 16 ounce as well. Yeah. I like. That's fun. Um, so we're here for today's kind of a special day for you guys. It's tip to cow day. Yeah, big day. 2022. Mm-hmm. Is this always a like early season, early year release for you guys? Yeah. January party. Uh Right? I would, like right around here. I mean, New Year's is over. What's next? Tip the cow day. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. We throw a little Saturday party, uh, launch a bunch of beers in celebration of our flagship Tip the Cow, which is a cocoa espresso milk stout, which is a- available year round. Um, but then we do a bunch of fun stuff with it. You know, we got some barrel aged stuff out there today, all kind of centered around the concept of milk stout, um, a sessionable version of it that we rock out there today. And Is that uh, Tip the Calf? Tip the calf, yeah, just a little guy. Yeah, award-winning. Awards there, yeah. I like it. And um, yeah, so we sell some tickets. People come on down, and then we open up to the general public. Uh, you know, a little bit later on in the morning, once the ticketed people have all been taken care of and felt comfortable that they they got everything that they deserve for right. their ticket, we take good care of them, and then everybody else comes on in, and we all just start crushing stout right in the heart of stout <laughs> season. Yeah, you know. And then and then we sit around here with mics and crush Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> but we a, got some stouts. Yeah, we got we got some stouts. We'll get right. into in a little bit. Um, so yeah, we we're up here and and uh, in, in Waterloo, Iowa. This is Single Speed's second location. The original started in Cedar Falls. 
Right. Dave, just take us down a quick, quick route of that because that's uh, that's the boring part. We, yeah, I can do get, that. Get Twenty semantics out. Uh, we still have that tap room, which is great. Uh, Austin still uses it for. I don't know. What do you say you use that for? You use it for R&D. That's for certain. But you also use it for... Combination of R&D, passion projects, kind of creative freedom. Um, It's a good opportunity for us to also kind of empower our brewing staff to do some stuff that they would really like to do. Stuff that maybe not necessarily is um, widely demanded, but readily readily demanded, I think, in the tap room. Right. Little three-barrel brew house, 40 seats. That's where we started back in 2012. I think right now, I mean, I think you put a check pills on this week. Ooh. It's pretty, so, you, I mean, you can do anything over oh there. Check pills. They've got a check dark on over there. Yeah. Um, sour beers that we may have coming out, like in fall, Austin will run pilot batches through that three-barrel brew house and get that dialed in. So by fall, we know that when we hit the bigger system over here and it yeah. goes statewide, it, we're, we're comfortable with the quality of it. We don't just have to to say, hey, let's go ahead and make 60 barrels of this and, and rock it out. You know, we have that <laughs> capability over there. But that one's still there. And then in 17, we opened up the facility that we're sitting in yeah, now. It's beautiful, by 20 the 20-barrel brew house, mm-hmm. um, much more square footage, beer hall, full kitchen, all that all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's what we've been doing since 17. So uh, 2012, though, I mean, we're coming up on 10 years as a operating brewery. Yeah. Um, in the grand scheme of everything – you know that you 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 hit the train earlier than like the nationwide uh, craft beer uh, wave hit because I feel like that sure. was like late 2013, early 2014 was when we saw the big push from around 2,000 breweries in the nation to steadily hitting that where we are about 8,500 9,000 mm-hmm. now, and so mm-hmm. what was that like back in 2012, especially being in like rural cent- rural rural? All right, rural? I'm gonna say how I say it. Rule Central you. Iowa yeah. in 2012, uh, opening right. a brewery. Uh, you know, I would say we were on the front side of it. I think you're you're probably right. There wasn't really another. I know uh, there wasn't another grain to glass brewery up here. Um, there, so there wasn't. There was a bit of a void. So yeah. we were on the front side of it. Certainly nationally, probably uh, for Iowa and for our area, we certainly were. Um, what was what was it like? What was different? Like. We didn't know we didn't we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. When I say we, that means me. I wasn't lucky enough to have Austin on the team yet. I mean, realistically, ten years later, we still don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Right? It, it, so, like, it's <laughs> arguably, uh, arguably so, right? Well, that has stayed like, consistent. Right? Just <laughs> <make it> better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Degrees of not knowing what the fuck you yeah, were doing. You can right? talk they're, about they're it a little bit better, right? but other than that, it's still. We didn't have a clue. I didn't yeah. have a clue what was going on. You know, we put a three barrel brew house in and, and 40 seats and mm-hmm. I came from the hospitality industry. So I knew we could pour beer and yeah. serve it to people, but trying to figure out how to make it and, and make high quality stuff was um, slightly elusive at that point in time for me. Uh, that was probably the big difference. You know, we've grown in terms of yeah. quality and, and knowledge and we just drive every day to try to get better at what we do. And now we're uh, what, nine years into getting better at what we do, and we think we got a, a better handle on on making sure. So what's the what's the uh, open day? What's the ten year anniversary? December. Dece- so we got a whole. Ish. Yeah, December twelfth. We got a whole another. We got to wait 12. twelve months to. That's easy to remember. We got to wait another twelve months before we we have t- ten year anniversary party. Yeah, we right? should have a party down there. We should. Can fit, it can fit. You should have it at the original one. It can too, fit yeah. the four of us and then 36 really, really <laughs> <laughs> VIP invites, and we'll have a hell of a time. So, single speed, um, you know, coming from Chicago, you know, a lot of the, uh, the folks that have big beards and tight jeans like their single speed mm. bikes. So, uh, 
tell me about the name there. How did we get that yeah. name? Yeah, because you're you're an avid cyclist. That's obvious, right? Avid is, um, I mean, a bit excessive. <laughs> me and we do do we rag bry. Yeah, we do a really good job on rag bry, right? Oh yeah. Can I join your guys' team this year? I don't want to ride. You I just, just did. Yes, I don't want to ride, but oh. I'll, I'll do like a f- I'll do like five miles a day. I'm not doing like sixty. Hey, here's the thing, like, uh, so and then I want to bust at the rest. Support, of the <laughs> yeah. Support team is just as critical and maybe more critical than the riders on Rag Bri. Also, there's a meeting town every day. Yeah, I'll that's set like that a up half. For you. I'll set you, that up for you. Yeah. But no, you just ride the front twenty five. Easy peasy. I don't. Oh, want- I don't like driving 25 miles. So like, why would I ride that on a bicycle? The, it's way, it's way more fun than driving 25 miles. It's really <laughs> just a series of five five-mile bicycle rides with beer stops in between. Oh, okay. incredibly you know key detail. Austin you know what, Myers? Austin? That's yes. That's why you're here right now because that's it. Really uh, is. You've just sold it. That's Alex. something I didn't think about. Um, that's incredibly important. This year was hot. It was like. Wasn't close. it like the hottest week? It was like 100 plus degrees every day for rag ride back in just 2021. Oh my God. Did you ride Austin? Oh, we rode the whole thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We did a couple days. And it wasn't that hot, but we had a great time. We had a great time. It was toasty in Iowa Falls. Yeah. I remember the tent that night. Not too much wind, which was good. We yeah. avoided wind for the most part. I could have used a breeze in the tent that <laughs> night. Let's say, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> 100 plus degrees while, and no breeze. That's easy. But it's while fun. riding, yeah, it was nice no, to not right, have that While riding, no wind in the face. That helps yeah. a lot. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. So uh, 2012, we opened up. Uh, 2017, we opened uh, this beautiful uh, Wonder Bread facility. Austin, when did you come on board? I came on board in May of 2014. Okay. Um, really just a guy who liked beer and uh, thought I knew what I was doing home brewing. Yeah. Brought Dave a couple bottles. He's like, yeah, got something that you can do which is a combination of bartending kitchen work and cleaning tanks on occasion so uh that's kind of where we started and and went from there that's awesome that, and, and i think that's and, and, and i talk about it a lot on this podcast when we talk about people you know josh maxson it's kind of the same way from confluence um i started brewing in 2013 knowing nothing uh it didn't homebrew so you know i this is a redundant i say it all the time james yes you can i know somebody shut up but nobody ever <laughs> got a job the same way i did because you know you know nothing i just right. a brewery opened and i was like hey what's up sure and it, it happened and you know back then it was a lot of uh just grinding i mean dave you know it too it was just hey let's figure this out together a lot of head scratching um especially i'm sure when you went from three to 20 uh because i think what a lot of people don't realize and, and you guys can speak to this, is if you have a three-barrel recipe, you're like, all right, well, we're going to make this into a 20-barrel tank now. It's not as easy as just managing it up to a 20-barrel recipe. There's yeah. tweaks and system uh, requirements and stuff that goes on there. So what was the change like when you went from the three to the 20 here in Waterloo? Awesome. <clears throat> I think we got pretty close right away. Um, you know, is kind of figuring out. No, no, no. Start over. I want a different story. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we when Sprinkman was here to um, uh, commission the brew house with us, they were super helpful in kind of setting some guidelines for us as far as volumes and, and what we could kind of expect for. Yeah. Um, you know, ballparks. And we had some beers that we kind of we, we liked. You know, we had Victory Dance. We had Tricycle at the time and uh, Tip the Cow, I think, was one of the first ones we put through the brew house as well brewed them all in three days because we had sprinkman here it's like well let's give it a shot yeah see how the system fires up and we feel good about what's going to come out the backside 
And I think Victory Dance was the very first one we got all the way through our American IPA. And it was like, oh, shoot, we're not that far off. Yeah. Like, this is actually maybe arguably the loudest or most expressive Victory Dance that we've had, um, which was super encouraging. And we've kind of gone from there, you know, found the, the things that everybody discusses when they're talking about scaling from a three to a 20 or whatever the size is from small to large. Um, you know, hop utilization or, or extraction or whatnot. Um, I think we were able to discover those pretty early. Is it dumb luck or is it skill? I have no idea. Probably a combination of the two, but um, we had a good, we started in a good place. I think having Sprinkman assist us, our, our tank yeah. manufacturer, and that was yeah, we had um, a good guy. Certainly <laughs> I think so many we people did. don't take that, like, because they're like, oh, it's going to be an extra $5,000 for us to commission it with you. And like, right. we'll figure it out. I'm like, oh, that is. Mm. No. so valuable because yeah. we were like how many people can you bring can you bring, can you bring them all we'll put you up for a few weeks Come we, on we, down. Have, <laughs> we have notebooks and pens we'll take notes i right. promise <laughs> that's awesome yeah well i mean it's it's like i said it's gosh like 2022 now so coming up on four years in this facility mm-hmm. uh how's it growing i mean did cans did packaging start right away in 2017 or did that kind of get delayed not delayed was, but Package was 19, I want to say. June of 18. June, package was June of wow. 18, I want to say. So you, <laughs> thank God you're here, Austin. Thank you. <laughs> so you only had about a year and a half of really retail sales before everything kind of shut down in that 2020, early 2020. Right. Oh, man. It's a yeah. good thing we had But that. at the same time, it's a good thing we had it because yeah. not, not everyone was blessed to have that right. already in play. Yeah. Fun. Right. I like that. So... You guys have uh, a Victory Dance, mm-hmm. American IPA. You have Gable. Uh, you have Tip the Cow, year-round beers. Um, being a more... Ring around the Goza. Ring around the Goza. Award-winning. We should grab a can of that. Award-winning. How, before, I want to talk about core brands because you guys, you, you, you put a lot of effort into the brands that you want to mm-hmm. have year-round. Right. Um, what's your core lineup look like? <clears throat> so I named... Tip the cow. We have Gable. We have uh, Victory Dance. Ring around the goes. Is that ring around the goes? It went core last year for the first time. So that's our sour. Before that, it was a it was a player within our shift in a sour series. Yep. We did six sour beers a year. About every two months, we drop one. Um, as sour beers continue to grow and people keep drinking it, um, we really like that one a lot. We elevated that one and we put it into our core last year. So yeah, there's a sour beer in the year round now too. Tricycle, which is our cream ale. Oh. It's good beer. Uh, single hop, Willamette. It's good. Every time I drink it, which is not often, I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot that that one was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Worldwide Haze. That's a core Oh, man, that one, uh, you Has brought some down this summer, or last summer, rather. And Yeah. We got into the Hazies late. Uh, I heard John talk about that real briefly on your last episode, John from Confluence. Yep. Everybody's buddy, John Martin. Uh, <laughs> he talked about, like, yeah, when then you see what other people do, and then you start making – hazies you know we got on that late i wish we might have got on later than them i don't know we were late on that hazy i was that i was that guy that said hazies are a fad oh man uh they're not that people yeah, drink I'm them all the time uh in my face there yeah. <laughs> so we got worldwide haze and then we've got swift which is a four percent abv version of a hazy did i get them all austin's that yep. our whole core yep yeah that's mm. our whole core right now i think what um and i'm sure you guys will agree with me and james you're good aspect too because you have from coming from cabco you guys have your core beers that yes. you brew yep um but you can also mingle those with a little bit different hot bill 
on some of like your Earthbound series that you have going on. Yeah. Um, until ownership tells you to stop doing that. <laughs> we want the same. Exactly. So, I mean, but but yes, I mean <laughs> those guys. And, and I guess this, you know, you have a three barrel system, you have a twenty barrel system. Um, core beers are so. I, I, I like them a lot. Coming as a production background yeah. and only having been in the the brew pub phase for a few years, you really get to dial those beers in mm-hmm, right. like crazy. And I know, Dave, when you were down last time, we were talking about uh, uh, Sour Vissier and the sours and how it kind of cuts some time off your, your tank. And right. um, you were like, you know what? That's fine. I think we, we're going to try this. But with Ring Around the Goza, we're doing it the exact same way every single time. Yeah, because you touch you've, it. You have a, a legacy with that beer now. How many? That's the one twice? Um, Three times? Twice. Once bronze medal at the 2018 World Beer Cup, and then most recently at the 2021 GABF, got a gold medal. Yeah. Whoa. That's I was amazing. watching in my garage, and I went, woo! Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was about a, our reaction. That yeah. was, was that what we did? I don't remember. I mean, yeah. It seems like ours was louder than that. Were you guys uh, out there this year for we the were. awards? Yeah. Yeah, we were. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, time. so I kind of go on that. Like, I mean, as far as, like, building the brands, um, you know, the recipe and, and the actual production, Austin, you can talk about. But Dave, as far as you know, uh, putting the money into the branding, the coasters, the the label, you know, and all that stuff. Well, how, how has that been for you guys since opening the production brewery? Well, I'll say, and I'll just hedge on, I'll, I'll inch in on the the beer production side of it real quickly. But to us, it's important as a brewery that that wants to continue to grow. We've been lucky to grow since seventeen, and we think we're still in growth phase, and we'd like to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, we think a lot of that growth is going to come from the core beers. Mm-hmm. So Gable, Municalis, uh, Worldwide Haze, Hazy, uh, Ring Around the Goza, Sour Beer, right? Those categories that are growing, we want to grow as those categories grow, and we want Iowa beer to grow in general, and we want to be a part of Iowa beer growing. Um, I will say, so we all, we're, dropping, we're dropping beers all the time, three-barrel mm-hmm. system, 20-barrel system, series beers. I almost always say, like, our best beers like if you if you want to drink a really good hazy just order worldwide haze like mm-hmm. if we could make it better than that we would be making our worldwide haze better than that like yeah that that's our best beer and austin continues there are core beers and we don't screw with ring around the goza right it's meddled at world beer cup it's meddled at gabf those are big deals you're not going to mess with that recipe worldwide haze you're dealing with crop years. Oh God, you know, you're yeah. dealing with different barley crop. You're dealing with different hop crop. You're going to be tweaking that anyway. Austin takes the opportunity to make that beer a little bit better every batch, right? Yeah. Uh, I it, mean, it, it's both. It's it's fun opportunity and also a challenge to, I mean, at the end of the day, beer is an agricultural product, yeah. right? Like we're only at, as brewers, we're at the mercy of our suppliers. And we have to have strong relationships with people who have quality hops or malt uh, and yeast. Um, which is fascinating yeah. and also uh, terrifying. But we, we, we kind of embrace the opportunity to, to try and make you know, better beer, whether it's um, with our, our Hellas or our IPAs, because those hop varietals can change year over year, or even the products, because we see you know, there's cryo hops now, there's liquid dry hops, there's liquid hot side hops. I mean, it's all... <laughs> Things are there's the middle, non-stop. there's T45s in there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> which, is, right. which 10 years ago was like, holy shit, these things are wild. Right yeah. now it's like, well, everybody has a cryo or a lupo max of, of, of some varietal. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, we, we embrace, we embrace that and kind of accept the opportunity to, 
improve the beer with those those new products. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's like the funnest part about brewing is, uh, you know, even when I was at Brickstone in Illinois as a production brewery, you know, we were on a 50 barrel system and we had a very similar beer, uh, Brickstone APA. Super uh, great beer. Great beer. Great, great beer. Uh, 6.25%. Yeah. My guy Nick would bring us back uh, <laughs> beer from there all the time. You know, and it won, uh, it won uh, three years, uh, GABF, World Beer Cup GABF. So good. Um, and the, the one year in 2012, 2013, when it won gold, you know, it, Brickstone was still a tiny little 10 barrel brew pub an hour south of Chicago that nobody had heard of, but it was a big deal. And Brickstone is where they are because, A, the, the people are amazing there. The Vasilakis and Giannikopoulos family are awesome people. The beers are phenomenal. But also, there was some dumb luck involved there in that 2012 year because we got gold medal for APA in the pale ale category, which at the time, way before the haze phase, the pale ale and the IPA category were the two largest. So Brickstone Brewery, who's heard of that, won gold. Peace right. Pizza, the weight, won silver, a tiny little brew pub. Um, by Jonathan Cutler in Chicago. And then a beer some people may have heard of, uh, Zombie Dust, won bronze. So Where's that from? Citra Hops, right? C- Citra Hops, yeah. <clears throat> Tell me about Citra. So that was the first time. Yeah. Can we talk about 2012 Citra compared to like 2022 Citra? And how much that's changed? Holy shit. I wish I knew. <laughs> I, I would say you probably can. I know that I can. But that's, uh, you I know, was it was. screwing up amber ale. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know what hops were in yeah, 2012. What was I doing? Where yeah. did these go? But so it was a, it was the first year that uh, you you could literally go to one city and get all three of one category's top three beers, and that really pivoted. But same thing, like when we went from 10 to 50 in 2015, you know, we, we kind of were like, we're going to make every single batch of this the same. But we also took the opportunity to try to make very subtle changes that the consumer yeah. wouldn't know about, but us on the back end, we're like, well, like, you know, let's let's put in five uh, percent crystal malt instead of four and a half, yeah. and, and see what that does. And right. you know, and also on a production side, you have how much data for every single one of those beers. You know, if you have an issue, you can look back and go, right, bam, there it is. You know, and you can try year old batches next to fresh batches to six months to three months, and right. try those side by side. I think I, I really enjoyed my time as a pub brewer. But production brewing, as boring as it got eventually, <laughs> it was incredibly insightful as far as a career in beer, as far as what you're seeing, sure. trend, not trend-wise, but you know, throughout a product's life. Yeah, regarding those changes, just kind of a, an aside comment. I mean, I think the first time that we went out for hop selection in Yakima would have been 2018, and that was our opportunity to select the, the, the crop or the, the lots that uh, we'd be using in, in Victor Dance the following year. And it was like, it was just an eye-opening experience. I mean, we had never been out to selection, yeah. never been able to choose which Eldorado, Azaka, Citra, whatever it was that we were going to put into Victor Dance. It was like, oh, like we've never had the opportunity to even get these lots because we weren't at the table. And yeah. then the first time we were at the table um, was eye-opening. But then I remember pulling the can off the, the canning line that particular day, uh, that we had used the first lot of our selected hops and it was kind of a, I mean, it was not a different beer, but a louder beer. Beer was more bright. The beer was more, everything that you wanted out of that beer that was already in there was just amplified. Right. Right. Once we had, once we had those hops like back into the recipe, 
So, I mean, I remember that day specifically. I was sitting at the desk in the office, which is about, I don't know, 50 feet from the canning line, something along those lines, and you brought a can in, and I was working on something. Who knows? I mean, some spread, Probably a spreadsheet. I don't know what I was working on, something stupid. And I took a drink of it, and I was like, boo. I'm, What's you've up? got my attention. Like, what happened? <laughs> and you just kind of smiled, and you were like, hey, man, we're into that. We're into that hop, the hops that we went out there and dropped. And I was like, shit, man, like that's a bit of a game changer. Yeah. Um, and it has been, and it's been great for that beer. For sure. Um, but it's hop selections, man. Raw materials are key. So touching on like production, I mean, as far as making gentle tweaks, I and mean, that's all it is, is just yeah. constant gentle tweaks, yeah. leaning, slowly progressing into a new crop year or, or into a new varietal or making those subtle changes is we can have things in our mind as, as brewers or as, as on the business development side that we want to kind of work towards, but we can't just full stop change because right. at the end of the day, the liquid still has to be the liquid that everybody knows mm-hmm. and loves. Right. That definitely speaks to, like you're talking about hop selection and having that opportunity to do all that stuff, definitely speaks to your being consistent in quality too, right? And those are more subtle changes, right? Instead of just the luck of the draw and what hops we're getting. Like you can order El Dorado, right, from BSG, but it's like, what is... What's that going to be like compared to what we have in the fridge right now? And that's uh, that could be a drastic change, right, for your consumer. But that's pretty awesome that you guys are able to dial it in even further now with hop selections. And there, stuff. there are definitely differences between lots. What we've learned through hop selection, there are big variances in year. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Just gigantic. And they, you, 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 if you can have a little bit of lead time to prepare for them mm-hmm. so that your brew team can try to figure out how to make that yeah. Into consistent product, and it, it, if you can elevate it, elevate it. But you sure as hell can't let it go backwards, right? Like if somebody's buying Victory Dance in 2021 and it's not as good as it was in 2019, that's a problem. Um, and, and you can run into that from year to year with yeah. what you're getting from materials. And it's not like that farmer didn't do his job. Oh, sure. That hop yeah, grower didn't do his job. It's like there was too much sunshine and not enough water, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or there was a fire a thousand miles away. Yeah. You know, big we, one. we hit that with, well, that was a. Uh, 2022 brew year 2019 was the fires i believe when that kind of well, they had fires again this year were there did, did they right? affect the crop the as, as large they claim no this year was the heat bubble yeah. oh the heat right yeah, i think it was like, like 2019 2020 right. was the big fire year yep. uh that down south in california that kind of went up north there and screwed up not every hop but you know i i had friends out at selection that were just like it it was citra but it was smoky yeah weird <laughs> like, that's so this? weird it was like australia had those fires too a while ago yeah that whole country burned down man that was crazy feels so well bad. that's right yeah. Australia did they, have they, that run like 2018 2019 yeah that, that's crazy so <laughs> you're talking about like batch to batch like oh 2021 i i think that speaks to the consumer too <clears throat> and we as brewers we in business we completely rely on on our customers and our and our consumers to buy the product uh but I think, you know, there's there's those variances. And I think it's a good education piece, too. And especially in barrel-aged beers and especially in something mm-hmm. that's wood-aged. You know, you hear, oh, batch one was better. Oh, and it's yeah. like, oh, man, like... That's a mean that's, now. That's a mean. Batch one was better was a completely different beer than batch two. <laughs> like, you know, talk about variances. Not only do you have the grain differences, the agricultural differences, but you have a different barrel that it went into right. and all that. Um, so let's let's go to the barrels now. Let's... Uh, we're here at Tip to Cow today. We got some barrel aged stuff in front of us. Let's hit one of these, yeah, and 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 talk about wood because I think I think every brewer likes putting stuff in barrels. Which, which one do you want to do? Which one you want to crack? 
Start with two cows, build the sacred. Two cows? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Also, tip the cow day. Uh, what, what all came out today? So today, uh, these two beers that we've got in front of us that are barrel-aged, so we've got two cows, which Austin can speak to much more eloquently than me, and then we've got Sacred, which is super limited. Um, we have Tip the Calf, which is a sessionable version of Tip the Cow. Tip the Cow's year-round. Tip the Cow's always here. And then we have Vanilla Bean Tip the Cow as well today. So those are the four stouts. We also dropped a Dry Hop Pilsner because aren't Dry Hop Pilsners great? Oh, it was amazing. So we have season 60. It's a dry hop pills that comes out today. And then, uh, I mean, no beer release day is really uh, full in 2022 without dropping a hazy. So we got a hazy. <laughs> we got a hazy out there today, too. Yeah. Inverse charisma drops today. So, yeah, six beers. Some of these beers were brewed and put in a barrel two years ago. The other ones were brewed two weeks ago. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry, two cows. We're looking at Imperial Milk Stout, aged in bourbon barrels with espresso. Did I say Ooh. that right? Espresso, yep. uh, cacao nibs, and uh, bourbon vanilla beans. Okay. And now, uh, Dave showed us around the, the facility before we came on air here and said there was a roastery next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, I'm assuming they, they are your beans provider here? Yes. Can you take us down that route? I mean, when they, I mean that's got to be lovely because <clears throat> obviously coffee is a very volatile ingredient in beer right. um, and you want to use it as fresh as possible so what's your process going about figuring out what coffee you use and do you want to touch on when we first did a coffee beer holy shit <laughs> man so <laughs> it smells sorry I, this is, no do your thing man this is what we're supposed to oh do oh my right? god supposed to be drinking vanilla beer. coffee and chocolate like literally this is like there's not one that's overpowering the other i'd say if there was one maybe the vanilla bean is is a little more yeah. pungent but i think I'm out of all that. those flavors. You know me, I'm a vanilla boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry to interrupt. Holy no, shit. you're good. So coffee, locally roasted, sidecar coffee roasters, they happen to they roast all their beans right in our building here. Holy They've got fuck. some square footage that's directly uh, riverside from us. Um, they work with us on the coffee beers. We haven't made a ton of like new coffee beers lately, but Tip the Cow, super important to us. Cocoa Espresso Milk Stout. They worked with us on grabbing the right coffee for that beer when we first formulated it. Prior to that beer, we had Brood Times too. Do I have that right, Austin? Which was Correct. our coffee brown. Yep, Ethiopia. Shit, man, super good beer. We did a coffee brown with them. In what, what year is this? Twenty thirteen. <laughs> that sounds about right. Coffee brown in twenty thirteen. Twenty fourteen, maybe. So good. We did an American so, yeah. brown. But and nobody I, cared. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the story behind stories. I'm going to tell a story. Cool. Let's I do it. The story behind that beer is pretty good. So I was on Twitter in, uh, let's say, 2013, and I see a tweet from a guy that's opened up a coffee roastery in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I click on it to be like, where the hell is this guy at? Because I'm in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and we don't have a coffee roastery. <laughs> Turns out he was a block and a half from our Cedar Falls brewery working out of a closet in Iowa Sports Supply. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> I need to meet this guy. So I reached out to him on Twitter, and we had a meeting the next week, and we talked about beverages and how much he cares about coffee and how much I care about beer and man we should know each other yeah. turns out he's super cool his name's Jed Vanderzanden google Shut him up. you'll find out that he's super cool uh so we worked we worked on this stuff and and I was making a brown and I was like I think a coffee brown would be super cool I would love to have some like dark roast in there to really round it out and he was like well let me drink the beer so we drank the beer and, and we talked for a little bit longer and he said here's the thing like 
I'm going to bring you, we're going to microdose this thing and I'm going to bring you four coffees I love and we're going to put them in there at different levels. Yeah. It's good. And, 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 and we'll just see where it goes. Yeah. But I can tell you that like your stance on espresso and this is probably wrong, but let's just do it. Yeah. So we did it and we did it blind and it was great. And he brought four things down and, and two of them were fine. And one of them was incredibly yeah. good. And one of them was God awful. You guys can probably finish the story from here. The espresso <laughs> was terrible in there. And he brought a really cool Ethiopia over. Ethiopia, I think it was Sadamo then. And sometimes we've used, we use Adado now. Uh, we've used Sadamo, Adado, and then Yurga Chef. And Yurga Chef. Mm. But uh, it rounded that beer out so well. So that opened my eyes to a couple things. Like one, I don't, again, don't really know what I'm talking about. But two, like lean on some people with some palates here and yeah. with some intellect mm-hmm. about maybe he doesn't know beer, but he can drink beer and he enjoys beer. Yeah. He doesn't make it for a living, but he does know beverage yeah. and he knows his beverage really well. And he just drank your beverage. If he tells you that's what's supposed to go in there, he's probably right. They've worked with us on a couple of beers since then. A Tuhu, they were involved in recipe formulation, which was a, a coffee sour. I um, love that beer. Super cool beer. Um, brings when, out this really neat coffee sour. Super good. Tell, what about tell us about that beer? That's coffee, re- co- that's now sour, ar- right? that's now archived. Yeah, yeah. Coffee sour. It's really good. Oh, is, yeah. that, is that when I look on Untapped it's saying no longer produced? That's what it says. No, oh, why? Man. Oh man, talk to business development. This is uh, so that particular beer was a raspberry and sweet cherry. Oh, so good. Kettle sour base that we then dosed with uh, the sidecar cold brew blend, which I think at the time was uh, Brazil and Mexico. Um, and every time that people would drink that, they're like, oh, there's chocolate in this beer. <laughs> there is no chocolate in this beer. Right. Um, it's just coffee that kind of gave it a – it was literally a – it was a liquid Tootsie Pop. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, which was a fascinating – I mean, the, the fact that that's what it came to is surprising because I think we first made a sweet cherry and raspberry kettle sour. Like, could be cool with, like, vanilla, coffee, maybe a little bit of both. And then we did some dosing with those guys and, you know, found the right coffee because not all of them were the right coffee, but I think we settled on the right coffee and right, right. beer was killer. <clears throat> the funny thing about that coffee mix too, because it, it, it definitely brings the chocolate note because there's no chocolate in it, like mm-hmm. Austin said, but we've also tried that coffee blend in different beers in an attempt to bring chocolate forward didn't and work. it doesn't, it doesn't do it. Interesting. So it's something about, they call it science. I think yeah. there's something about what's going on it's all anecdotal, behind right? the scenes. It's like magic, but real. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> Magnets. I, but yeah. we'll make that beer again. It just doesn't get released so next can, year is what I should say. Can we say. talk process oh. here? When it comes to coffee, do you guys are okay with it? What's, how do you, how do you process that for? Cause I mean, and nine years of brewing, I've done, liquid cold brews in i've done beans i've done ground steeping what what have you found is that works for you guys if you're okay with chatting about yeah. that yeah i mean we've done we've done a couple different things um what we've kind of settled upon most recently is one we're spoiled for choice and the ability to literally order as we need yeah. the coffee which is fantastic like i just roll over to the roastery next door and tell jed hey i could use you know a fresh batch of coffee in eight days he roasts it accordingly. It has time to rest over there. Damn. We bag it up, whole bean, toss it right in the fermenter right at the end of fermentation for a couple of days. So, okay. um, you know, it took some time to kind of settle on what was the appropriate temperature for extraction, what was the appropriate duration for extraction, because the last thing we want to do is make a alcoholic cold brew, you know, because there is that kind of, in my opinion, with coffee beers, like balancing point where it is, it is still beer. 
but you get the coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's something that we've always kind of walked a fine line with just that, that nuance between, you know, hard cold brew and, and a, a nice, you know, either brown ale with coffee or a milk stout with coffee. And you mm-hmm. get kind of suggestions of both, which is very important. I think that's kind of pretty tight to our brewing ethos, if you will. Yeah. I did just write down alcoholic cold brew, though, just so. <laughs> <laughs> the PBR one? Given the current market. I slap with that. It is good. It is I slap good. with the PBR Hand one. Hand that That's... off to their social media. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I bet we, I bet we <laughs> oh can do it. Their God, social media yeah. is a joke right now. Jesus. <laughs> you know what? It started 2022 on a, like a, oh, my God. <laughs> great note. Great note. Back, uh, this two cows, I think it's very well I was going to say, yeah. let's circle back to two cows because the finish, the whole beer is great, but the finish on it is so, like, you get all that coffee in there, and it yeah. is like, oh, my God. I don't want to drink the whole bottle, but I would solo dome that for sure. 10 out of 10. This is very good. You drink all 500 mils? Dude. Soloed it? I would. I would, too. Yeah. Well, it's a really good beer, guys. You you, you knocked this one out of the work. The whole I saw Alex did. take a second pour of it. I did. I did. I, I poured an <laughs> ounce, and then I put another ounce and a half in here uh, because I'm a big fan. And I've – and I'll, I'll be honest with you here, and, and – this is gonna be this is gonna be the moment where I get a little uh, clean with you guys. I'm I'm over coffee beers. Mm, okay. I think uh, coffee beers in general and and are just a little. I think they they turn too quickly, and I, I think a lot of people don't do them well. And I, not not a lot of people in Iowa. I think just in general, I think I'm I'm over coffee beers. I think uh, I have my one or two that I enjoy, and I stick to those. And this is my first time having this, and I am. I'll, I'm, I'll come back for another drink. Hey, I'll be on record. Like, we've made bad coffee beers. I think, I mean, it, coffee beers aren't, I mean, it's not like, I, I said like, oh, we put this in this and we got chocolate and it was awesome yeah. and it worked and we ran pilot system and we worked with a roaster. I mean, we're lucky to have all of those tools that we can come out and microdose with whatever we ask them to come out and microdose with and like figure coffee beers out. They're not easy. Like, we quit on a coffee coals, right? Yeah. We tried like two or three times back in like 16 or so. I Damn. don't know when it was. And we quit on a coffee coast because it was a green pepper Kolsch. Yeah. I, it, well, every it, time it and was And that's my issue vegetal, is right? that it just gets so. They're not easy. It gets so vegetal. And, 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 and I've had some where I've had it three weeks, a month later, and it's super green peppery and vegetal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've had other ones where it's eight months old and it's still coffee and it hasn't mm-hmm. turned yet. And I'm just like, and, and, and I think. And, and luckily in this industry, like you said, you guys with uh, these folks next door, um, I've been grateful, James, I'm sure you have been too, with just getting to know roasters and mm-hmm. getting to actually right. taste through. Because I knew nothing about coffee until I sat down at a roaster and did a full cupping. Oh, yeah. And I tasted a coffee and I was just like, this, this literally tastes like cherry soda to me, like bright, sweet cherry. And I was just like, that doesn't, I would not. Right. I would not say that this is a coffee because like, Folgers, that's coffee, red can. Right. This, like when you have good coffee and a, an expressive roaster who really takes the time, mm-hmm. much like we as brewers do with, with our products, taking the time to make them, it's, it's insane. It is. The flavors they pull out. And I would say that there's, <clears throat> you know, we have hops. I would say that coffee is, is as far as a ingredient that deals with the environment is so much worse than hops almost because i mean there's very a a very small window of time that they can grow uh the growing regions are incredibly tiny and often you know so what's up guys heck yeah (laughs) 
We're on the radio. Yeah. 92KX live. AM. <laughs> AM. The, tip, the tip the cow day party is just spilling over yeah. a little bit into the, into the yeah. podcast studio. Today. Yeah, so, I mean, coffee is such a such an incredibly, like, fragile ingredient, I feel. Right. Uh, and I love drinking coffee. And I, I, I want I to want, I change my opinion on coffee beers. It's... Uh, and you guys are starting it right here. No, well, no bullshit. So I, I will just say, like, it is so. Not to defend those people that are putting bad coffee beers out there, but it, it is difficult to make them. So if you've had them and they've turned on you, it's different. Well, and, that, and that's why I've never blamed the brewery. I've it's always it's, it's always about the right. ingredient. So our tip the cow holds up great. I mean, it's one of our, one of our best. Well, especially if you you put it out year round too. Year that's round. that's uh, I think that's uh. You know, big chess moment for you guys. We're like, we got this. Aratuhu, archived. Aratuhu, pretty good. And then, yeah, and we, it's it's that three barrel system has put some coffee beers through it. Mm-hmm. See, now that this is warming up, all. the chocolate is just right exploding on the nose right now. Oh man, that's really good. So what's the? Uh, so that was two cows. We went down that road. Sacred. You want to go right into it, or should we pivot? You got a bunch of good beer. Should over we pivot? There. Should we? You know what? Let's do a palate. Let's do a IPA or a sour or something. Uh, we have some Cordav beers. We got some Lua beers. Some Pete nearly sent us with half the brewery. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> guys, so much we, we are sad that Pete's not here. Another Pete moment of silence. For Another Pete. moment of silence. I mean, when James goes and gets a beer for everyone to drink. Ex- exchanging, <laughs> exchanging a human. I mean, I love al- I love alcohol and I love beer and I I do love Lua beers. I was there last week and I had two incredible five ounce pours, but it doesn't work, Pete. I'm talking to you. Yeah, we we don't yeah. trade humans for, for beer, for no matter how good. Yeah. We, we wrote a lovely you. note on there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna read it. So I mad read at, it. I'm so mad at Pete. Was it touching? Yeah, I might read it. <laughs> Still mad at Pete. I can paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you. Have a good day. About it, yeah. That's about it, yeah. Pete was one of the early adopters of Tip the Cow. Amber times two. If he was here, he would tell you all about it. Yep. Was that back in his? uh, uh, Oh my God, I'm having a brain fart here. El Bait shop days, yeah. Oh, even earlier. He Pete used to live up here way back when. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Pete really likes Waterloo and was uh, Waterloo likes Pete. That's what I hear. Less, (laughs) less today. Less today than it did yesterday. Oh man! But still, quite a bit. I mean, he was. It was. He. he we really liked it. You brought up a Dead Moon. Yes. Dead yes. Moon is a. That's a five percent hazy pale ale. Oh, uh, Citra, it. Strata, Azaka, and I'm gonna say it. Amarillo. Ooh. Amarillo. Amarillo. Sorry, I gotta. Am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rinse my glass and. Those are uh, some of our favorites. Those are good hops. Yeah. So when you, I, I heard uh, Azaka mentioned in Victory Dance, Victory Dance, and Worldwide Haze, actually, we like Azaka. Azaka. If you get good Azaka, it's really good. Well, here, let me pour Dave one. Yeah. yeah this was a beer <laughs> that was done at Lua. <laughs> yeah. uh, released this one maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. new. It's good. <clears throat> What's it called? Uh, Dead Moon. Dead Moon. Um, Trying to think of what I had there the other day. I'm going to look it up because it's going to bother me if I don't. Well, I, I mean, I guess I, I guess this is a good time. I'll just do a little personal life update here. Let's do that. Uh, I'm not at Lua anymore, guys. I, I've decided to step away from production brewing. I'm still in the 
industry of alcohol and service. I've just moved over to uh, distillation. But I I'm not a distiller. I'm not a. Uh, I, I moved to the front of house, so I've I've wow. taken off my galoshes completely and put on a pair of Van Flats and a nice button-down shirt every day at work. So I'm over at the foundry as their general manager. But I plan on staying here on the podcast, talking about Iowa beer because I think it's super, super important. Love it to get this out here with Dave's. Uh, you know, permission, of course. Spreading your wings <laughs> is all you're doing, right? Yes, yes, I did. So You're so showing how well-rounded yeah. you are. Left uh, left the brewing industry, stepped down from the board where Dave and I were board members. And right. We'll be missed. I'll be missed, but we're doing it. Hey, well, we got that guy. Is that one of your people? Is he good? He seems all right. Yeah. yeah. Lots of thumbs up. Lots of thumbs up. So, yeah, we're uh, drinking a little Dead Moon from, from Lua. Did you make this? Uh, I was part of the part of yeah. that. This was one of the nice. last beers we released while I was still there. So, yeah, some of our favorite hops. Zaka's great. We love Strata. Strata. Who doesn't like Citra? Uh, um, you know, it's nice. I think Citra is one of those hops that has gone through. So we'll talk 2012 for you guys, 2014 for you, 2013 for me. Citra has gone had such an ebb and flow of what it's been. Sure, I feel like. Um, since the beginning, I was very averse to Citra when I first started brewing and before when I was just drinking, uh, because it was very phenolic and, you know, that cat pissy, which what mm. people get out of like Simcoe, uh, bad Simcoe these days. And I, I was like, it was always one that I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. But Citra the last I think, six, five, six years has been just that grapefruit citrus, just like slightly bitter sweet just really really impressive and and it could have been too you know going back to what you were saying Austin about selection just having beers of breweries that didn't have the option to select and they weren't getting the top tier or they were getting the cat piss they were getting the cat piss yes (laughs) also usage right Austin I mean how you use it when you use it. Yeah. I heard Simcoe's best when it's at about 45 minutes into the boil. Really get that piss out. <laughs> just go ahead, and take, go ahead and take that piss. Yeah. And then. I just bring my cat in. <laughs> Always in the whirlpool. Drop down to 160. A quick dunk of the cat. Yeah. It doesn't kill him at 160. Anything no. above that, it's just bad for it's the like cat. It's like a hot tub. Yeah. It's just bad for the oh. cat. Have you guys ever done that? Just sidebar. Have you ever filled up your whirlpool to about like one fifteen and hopped in? One fifteen. I mean, that's like one fifteen's like hot tub temp. Yeah. I feel like one fifteen's a little hot for hot tub temp, maybe too. But yeah, you've never you've never done that. I've never done I'm it. Not, I've never tempted a hot we, tub. We know what we're doing on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Monday's we're staying the weekend. Let's go. Yeah. No, we've never. We. Uh, I've never. I've. I've never done it personally. I've. I have some friends that have. Uh, commissioned their brew houses by uh taking a dunk in a, in a, in a dunk. tank so <laughs> to my knowledge we've not done that uh regarding temperature okay in the close whirlpool, your ears real quick austin have you been in a tank before with so a- for bulk of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> no i kid i kid we so have Whir- whirlpool temp yes I, we have not manipulated whirlpool temp i don't i don't believe Correct. You know, we, we don't have a system to like to, to even fire in your hazy no, changers. I, I thought he was talking about creating a hot tub in the whirlpool tank. I think yeah. he was talking about both. Both. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was... We've done one, not the other. Okay. Can't comment <laughs> on which one. Oh, hopped in. I thought you meant yeah. like 
like graining in, throwing hops no, in at one fifteen. No. I was like, why would you be doing hot, this afternoon? Hot tubbed a. <laughs> that would be great. So if you've got yeah. an open top mash tun, you could probably yeah. fit like six people in there. Just don't tell OSHA. Do they really need to know though? Do the blinds? No, will, they don't. That's why I say don't. Invite tell the inspector, and he'll probably be like, "This is actually cool as hell." You know what? It's like 12 degrees outside. Anybody would love to hop in some hot boiling water. I bet they would. Yeah. Depending on the temp, though. Mm. So <laughs> so you guys got to the hazy game late. Mm. You yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. Um, what did that look like to you? Because I feel like hazy IPAs have – it's incredible. Because I feel like everyone went through this phase where they were like, well, we can't Whirlpool above uh, 160 when we had that Whirlpool edition or we're going to – you know, we're going to get a super bitter beer. We're going to pull mm-hmm. out those bitterness. And now that time has gone to where, well, it matters, but you can go up to that 180, 190, 200 degree range for your Whirlpool and add those hops, and it's really not going to make a difference. So what's that look like for you guys on, on, on your hazies, being late to the game, uh, in your own words? <laughs> right. Yeah, late to the game, 100% on me. When we got into the hazy game, we got into it with our limited release nimble series. So we didn't have a core until last year. Right? We were just knocking off. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I think it was six a year, but six different beers a year, which was great. We got to try new materials, new mm-hmm. hops, all of that stuff. But um, yeah, we, we were definitely late to rocking one in the core. Uh, Austin, you want to talk about? Process? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, the the benefit of the nimble series until you know i think it was april when we rolled out april of last year when we rolled out worldwide haze uh to that point was we could kind of try a bunch of stuff right if it was different yeast strains or different grain bills or whatnot um we had a lot of flexibility within that and i think we learned quite a bit over that first probably two and a half years i think it would have been in the nimble series at that point um so we were able to try all sorts of different hop varietals or yeast strains and we've never done the we, we haven't done any you know reduced temperature whirlpool hopping um instead we've kind of found ourselves leaning on some of the newer hop yeah. products you know so we really like a lot of the stuff that haas has been putting out recently mm. um kind of what i would call concentrated hop products you know there's some conversation not to get overly technical right now but there's some some discussion out there right now from people a lot smarter than me saying that, you know, your standard T90 pellet may actually end up absorbing some of the good stuff yep. downstream. Hmm. Um, and we're not we're not trying to get entirely away from T90, the standard hot pellet right now, but uh, we are looking at different ways that I think, you know, we can utilize if it's a, a, a hop extract or if it's a uh, liquid dry hop essentially or the T90 or a T45 yeah. or a concentrated loop, lupulin pellet. Um, we're all about it because I think those are really just tools for us to use and kind of building complexity within beer. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, uh, maybe hop forward breweries these days are, especially in the whirlpool doing a blend of something cryo or lupo max with their T90 so that they're getting uh, as much of the concentrate flavor rather than the, uh, the green, uh, vegetal day. Right. And, and that's right. what, God damn, I think that's what's like so fascinating to me about beer is just like like I said, like at the beginning, like hazy started coming around real popular 2014, 2015, I feel. Um, 
And that was when the, oh, hazy is lazy. It's just bullshit beer. <laughs> oh, and my God. I feel like at the time, there were a lot of those because you would look at them and they'd have to, you know, up the the contrast on the photo so that it didn't look like fucking gravy water anymore. Yep, yep. Right. Um, yeah. And there's still that out there in the world, unfortunately. But what we know in, in the last six years of hazy beers and, you know, shout out to, uh, 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 oh, my God, I'm having a break. Scott Janish. Scott Janish for just getting all of the information uh and he'll tell you he's like he's like i wrote a lot and did it a lot but he really just took all the information and put it in the book with the new american sure. ipa um and just the information that we're coming up is changing every single day um and as a brewery you have to stay on top of that if mm-hmm. you want to not stay relevant but if you want to if that's your goal if, if your goal is to keep pushing the uh, the bounds, the 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 agenda for what it is, and you have to keep reading and, and doing that. Um, and it's crazy, especially now with this phantasm stuff. Um, <clears throat> we're drinking one of the uh, Nimble series, uh, Effort Eighteen, which I love that you guys call it Effort because <laughs> we try hard. We try Definitely hard. not now. <laughs> did this one have phantasm in there? It did. Yes. It did. Oh. Yes. <clears throat> Second time we've used Phantasm. We changed Enigma. the technique a little bit. Enigma, Nectaron, Simcoe, and Vic Secret. Nectaron. Nectaron. All right. <laughs> so uh, Mr. German sent you guys an email said, hey, you can get uh, some Nectaron. And, uh, How'd we do it? I don't yeah. even know how we did it. Uh, we, uh, I got that email from Chris Germany. He said, hey, you can get 11 up to 44 pounds. I said, load us up. And then he said, well... I said, maybe. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> send me this fucking email then, bud. Oh, right. But we ended right, up right. getting 44 pounds when I was still back at Barntown. So. Nice. We actually, for the Nectron, we, we wound up sourcing this from, a, uh, from Charles Farham okay. out of the UK. So they started working, I think, with the, hops, the, the folks down in New Zealand to actually get some of the pellets. And they've created these uh, hop oils and hop extracts. Okay. Uh, totally Natural Solutions, I think, is the name of the company. Uh, they've got a, both a hot side, I think they call the hot side hot burst, and then they have uh, another line for cold side hopping. Hmm. Uh, it's just super concentrated oil. So that's how we got the Nectron. We didn't we didn't get on the email list. We're not. Oh, cool. okay. We're not that cool. <laughs> well, that's still. I mean, it's it's. Uh, we still love Chris. Yeah, we, we love Chris. <laughs> love Chris so much. Have but, you guys ever hung out in his? Uh, Volkswagen van that has the taps on the side. I've only heard the story. Oh my Sounds god! Like we've got a trip to Duluth. He is, uh, I love Chris German. He's a tall man. It's great. God, he's tall, isn't great he? Dude. Yes, great dude. Yeah, I, I miss. Pretty I miss handsome Chris. too. Very handsome. He's got a good head of hair and a good yep. beard too. Oh. Yeah, Chris. No. There's a few guys interested if you're single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the first time, just side story. The first time I ever met Chris was in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Um, and we were at this bar called the Kalamazoo Beer Exchange, and it's one of those bars that uh, goes off like stock market pricing. Oh, so if oh. people are drinking it more, uh, the price okay. goes up. But if nobody's drinking it, the price is lower. Oh, stressful! Um, what a headache! <laughs> <laughs> and then every like every ninety minutes, the market crashes where oh, everything's boy. a certain amount. It was it was it was a, it was a good experience. Uh, but we were there. We were drinking uh, Shrams. Uh, like uh, boysenberry mead, thirteen dollars a five ounce pour, Ooh. and we were drinking so much. It was in a champagne flute. And we were drinking so much, but we drove the drove the price up to like fifteen dollars. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we're done. I can't spend any more money on this anymore. Fun. It was a uh, it was very interesting, but 
my first Chris German experience, and thankfully I've had many more. But uh, lovely, hilarious. lovely gentleman up at BSG. So, oh man, how do you guys uh, deal with uh, supplier relationships? That's a complete aside. I mean, um, do you guys have like one that you stick with, or do you kind of grab from here and there as far as uh, ingredients that you like for malts or hops or yeast? I'll hand this off to Austin super quick, but I will say we're relationship focused. So we, when I say we like Chris, like we really like Chris, yeah. right? So, and we've got more Chris's out there. It's not like hey, we buy everything from Chris because he's awesome. But the stuff we can get from Chris, we, we love the relationship that we've cultivated there. We love the fact that he works to take care of us, even though he didn't get us on that Nectron email. Yeah. Uh, and, and that when we go up I'm to Yakima, right now. like we're, we are rubbing out. They were the first people to invite us up to yeah. our hops, right? And, and that opened, that made us better. So we appreciate people taking the steps that help make us better. For sure. Um, so we're relationship focused. If we need something that that relationship doesn't allow, we find a way yeah. to source it, right? And then we, we do fun things in, in that manner. But uh, I think just like anything in life, a lot of what you do is relationship focused. We like to take care of the people that take care of us. And we would like to work with people that we like and that we like hanging out with, and we can't wait to see that VW van and drink beers out of the side of it. Yeah. You know, th- those are the things that, at the end of the day, like, we're all trying to make a living. Yep. We make beer for a living. Mm-hmm. We sell some food out in that tap room, too, which is great. But if we can just, like, work with people within our organization and outside of the organization that don't suck, we really strive to do that. Um, you want to get into the fun part of, like, raw materials and, like, the things that people really want to hear versus my... Yeah, no, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no shortage of people out there trying to sell us stuff, right? Um, but it's super encouraging and refreshing for us, I think, to continue to work with the same people who not only offer a, a quality product, but also are, are very interested in the same thing as we are, which is yeah. you know, not only good beer, but a relationship, a, a longstanding relationship. So, um, you know, there are some companies that we've been working with for uh, the better part of a decade, and there are some companies that we've only recently started to work with, but... Um, you know, it's small things like if you have quality product and you're all in on innovation, a lot of the stars kind of align with what we're trying to do. You know, like we want to make good beer with good resources and, and we're all about innovation as well. So, um, if it's a a new hot product or, or different malls that are coming out and kind of, you know, it is a unique time right now in craft beer to be sourcing materials. It's it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, so for that to be a, a two-sided, like a two-way street, I think says a lot about the people that we like to work with. Um, so that's kind of what we're after, I would say. Uh, you know, it's it, it's been exciting to see there are some companies out there. I think you guys are probably familiar with Omega Yeast. I mean, yep. it was you know, six, seven years ago is probably when they started getting pretty big. When mm-hmm. it was like yeah. they sourced their, their lactose strain from Mars Brewing. Uh, yeah, coming way- coming from Chicago, I I love seeing the 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 the, the trend of Omega and from what they were to what they are. It's it it's super cool to be to see and to be a part of because you know for us I think Dave when you first went out to CBC in Portland uh, at that same time we were souring our first kettle sour with Omega's lactose strain and that was kind of like when I think that you was could 2014 argue that by the way that was. CBC 2014. That I think yeah. you could argue that was when our sour program like truly started. It was like we rolled in the next day. It's like, oh shoot, wort sour, cool. Yeah, like, we did it. Wow, we did it. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, but to think like where we've come from there, um, and that doesn't happen without 
people like Omega East yep. or BSG or, or Bree Small. So. Or CBC. Or CBC. For that matter, yeah. the Brewers Association and an educational conference that actually teaches people I think things. You decidedly know what I mean? the like, best week of the year, in my opinion. This right. was James's first year in 2021, right? It was right? my first CBC. What would you yes. think? I loved it. I had a great time. Uh, I especially like that it was in Denver. Um, Beerstadt's great. But no, actually going to those, because like you're talking about with the lacto, uh, we had a stout in the tank. And one of the things that we, and then we left, of course, for CBC. And then was, uh, what was it? Journey through adjuncted stouts. So it took like everything from that panel and, and yes. was able to make. So who was a, on that panel? It was like Derek Galanusa from Moxa, probably. It was Moxa, 8th State, yep. Wild Works, and um, Dark Lord. Who, Three Floyds. Three Floyds, yes. Yeah. So it was those four. I don't remember who was facilitating, but like. Yeah, just the way they were talking about it and like throwing out like hard numbers too on like how they do stuff. And yep. it's like, and they also got into like brewing it a little bit too, where that's just like talking with like the Lua boys and like dimensional too and like seeing like, yeah, this stuff finishes at like 18 Play Doh. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so like seeing stuff like that, you know, definitely. Beers like, in 2012 started below that. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> it's, it's wild. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I took a lot from it. There's a whole, you know, just uh, like generating SOPs, you know, being more consistent uh, with stuff like that and programs, especially like uh, souring is a big thing my assistant's into. And we want to start doing some of that. And that gave us a lot of good tools to like start developing our program. So not to go on my whole CBC story here, but I agree. I love CBC. No, I think think anytime somebody will tell that story, I want it amplified. Because I've run into people that have told me they've gone out to CBC and I've seen them there. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, you know, I feel like I knew all this stuff. And I'm like, good I, for you, man. But I also know your brewery and you don't. I, I feel like as a brewer, you should be. Those are the brewers that, that went out there, spent all the money on a pass and then go to a goddamn session, though. Makes you wonder. Yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder. Or maybe you didn't pick their section, yeah. s- sessions like how they Because there's multiple, yeah. multiple things, right? You yeah, can be in this room. You can yeah. be in that room. And maybe they just pick bad seminars, and I shouldn't be judgy, but, like, we get better every year we go out there, and and, and I know that. Um, Agreed, and I think being as a, a, you know, as being in the industry, too, it's like you should be, you can, you know, be proud of what you do, but be humble, too. It's like you you don't know what you don't know, Always be learning, ABL. Right. You never know anything. Exactly. That one smart philosopher guy said that. The only thing I know is what I don't know. Yeah. He's probably at CBC. He probably is, dude. He was probably at us with us at Beerstadt. Well, and I think that's, I mean, so good, too, on a, on a national level that the, the Bruce Association does that. But even on a smaller level, just, you know, that our state organization is putting on, um, on a much smaller level, uh, <clears throat> IBEST in November. Right. You know, oh, they're just IBEST was phenomenal. November and, you know, it gives a lot less tracks to go to. But I think if you plan it right with your staff, you can come back a lot more knowledgeable than mm-hmm. when you went into that. Most definitely. I think that was with IBEST, that was extraordinarily valuable to us this year. I mean, we took down for the first time, I think in a while, we took a pretty significant contingent down and you know, our, our staff varies on the production side from anywhere of people who've been in the industry for almost eight years to people who've been in the industry for six months Yeah, mm. and they're all in on what we're doing, but it's a lot easier for us back home to kind of translate that message with like, this is why we're doing what we're doing with mm-hmm. Worldwide Haze when Scott Janish and uh, Lance. Lance Shanner are up there like explaining <laughs> that this is 
what we're all about as companies, and these are the, kind of the people that we're mm. leaning on. Styles. So, I, I thought I thought mm. the start <laughs> of that day with Lance, and then the ending of it with Scott was just fucking incredible because like they both, you know, with with Scott talking about, or sorry, with Lance talking about the yeast, and then he was like, well, you know, with the hops, and he touched on the hops, but didn't really go too deep into the right. hops. And then the opposite, where Scott ended it with all about the hops, yep. and then was like, well, also yeast here. The, the thing that blew my mind there was when he was talking about the wine. He's like, just go drink some, like, fucking New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And he said that, <clears throat> and I did that. Raise your hand <laughs> if you did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Scott, Scott Selix's hand is up, too. Yes. But also, he said something that, that, that struck with me. He's like, winemakers have been dealing with Theos for decades. Decades. The wine business has been around for fucking thousands of years. Right. And here we are in the last, like, four to five years as brewers being like, the Theos? Theos? Talk what? about those. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, Phantasm? Fucking grape, like, crushed byproduct grape skin? Yeah. Okay. We can do this? Like, it's completely outstanding. And it's, right. they, like, that's the part of brewing that, like, still excites me so, so much is when there's something that you don't know. And I'm sure everyone at this table... Is the exact same way. You know, like, I left that day. <clears throat> Scott Janish came over to Lua afterwards, and we sat there, and we just listened. Like, I literally shut up and listened. Like, that's all it was, was just him talking. Hey, what do you think about Nelson? Well, here's what I think about Nelson. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I should write this down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's another, it was another session. It, it literally <laughs> was another session. It was incredible just when you... Look at and he he's the first one to say I don't know everything I just take everything that's out there already and put it in right. a book and collect it collect it and Share look at it. it a little bit deeper you know right. brewing at the end of the day is all anecdotal science you know and there are hard yeses and nos in this business and in science and in our things but if I look at you and say hey what temp do you whirlpool or dry hop and you say sixty eight well that's never worked for me well. It works for us. Right. That's fine. Would you would you like to try this beer? Because at the end of the day, it's sensory, right? <laughs> yeah, it's totally. got to get it's got to get through sensory. Like, well, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't serve it if it didn't didn't work. Exactly. Hey, would you like yeah. to try this beer? So it is. I mean, and and nobody, well, some people out there, nobody in the craft brewing industry necessarily can try everything and yeah. find out if it all works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're all trying to grab things from other people and and have this anecdotal yeah. stuff, but have like solid data if we can get it too, and then have our own data and like. Then find our path. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think, I think, I think too. The the, and this is just a blanket statement. The worst brewer out there is the one that thinks a he knows everything, or b your way is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. is a a prescriptive. I think that brewer. is a, a a a not the person to be in a brewer. And unfortunately, I'm sure you've met them. You've met them. You've met them. I've met them, to where they just won't change, and it's not good. And you have to be willing to try, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's about beer. We make beer, right. guys. That's it. <laughs> it really is. It's about centuries. Is, this, about be- is beer. this beer good? Do you like it? Here's how we got here. We'll share it. We'll share it with you. And you can agree or disagree with how yeah. we got here. But here's the beer. What are you saying, Austin? You got something? Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't remember what when who said it uh, at the first CBC that I attended, but it was something along the lines of there's no brewer worth their salt that thinks they know everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the moment you do is the moment you should get out of the game. And I think that, you know, for people who make beer in the room right now, I think it's probably one thing that is like 
extraordinarily just fascinating and attractive about the industry is like not only do I mean, have you ever met a person who in your tap rooms is pissed off with the pint in their hand? Like, no. You know, I mean, we create joy for people and we do it in a fashion that kind of standing on shoulders of giants, right? It's like Scott mm-hmm. Janish is going to pull out these all this information or, uh, you know, Ben Edmonds at Breakside Brewing is going to literally tell you how to sour beer. Yep. Uh, it's like those people being in the industry just make our lives easier in my opinion. 100%. And I, I think it's, it's, it's too, you know, coming from I, – I, I consider myself incredibly lucky – you know, how I got into beer, but also coming from Chicago and having so many like giants of industry in that town that I've now nine years in, eight and a half years in, I can call friends, but also if there's a question, pick up the phone. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's going to go, no, I'm not going right. to, not going to, that's an industry secret. It's like, no, right. it's not because your industry secret on my system with my water doesn't fucking work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah. Like, right. Oh, I love it. I mean, that's like that's. I think that's like the passion part of the business that we could talk about for hours. And let's get away from that for a minute. Let's right. go back to innovation. What you guys said, not necessarily innovation, but like sustainability. Because you you drive an electric car. Yeah, I do. Yeah, solar that's panels on cool. the brewery. You guys got solar panels up top. You're lead you... certified, right? And you uh, got a uh, platinum. Platinum. And you guys are a. Uh, hold on, look at my notes. <laughs> Iowa Green Brewery certified. What is that? So when we came and over, why is it important? Sorry, yeah. Let me well, do follow up question. Well, I mean, not to get like worldly or anything. Like, I, I mean, you can do that. We believe in global warming. Like, we don't yeah. think it's great, right? What? We could use a few more degrees today, but in general, like, we, we believe in the science of that mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And anything we can avo- do to avoid. Yeah. That kind of stuff going in and, and, and carbon emissions and stuff like that. We're you know, on board. Thank with. God your brewery is not called Gas Engine Brewing. Yeah, Gas Engine Brewing Company. <laughs> this is Dave from Gas Engine Brewing. How's everyone doing today? Let's, let's have some stout. Uh, but so we, we made steps like that when we came over into this facility and we were given, you know, essentially a shell that, that, that we were bringing back to life. We had the opportunity there to put some of those yeah. pieces in. One of the pieces that we put in was solar. So we have like 101, 106, I don't know what it is, kilowatt solar array on the roof. Um, it offsets almost all of our brewing operations, which is pretty cool. Incredible. Which um, we have a restaurant here. It doesn't, it doesn't deal with those operations necessarily, but any liquid that, we come out of, that comes out of here, you know, is kind of offset by what's on the roof, wow. which, is, which is neat. Um, we did some other stuff at the building. It was a bit of a balancing act because this is also a historical preservation it's a site. big building. And you can only do so much. Right. Yeah. Um, historical preservation weighs in, and sometimes they're a little bit in contrast with mm-hmm. with, with um, environmental stability and sustainability. So we worked through it, and we got there. When we did that, um, we were the 12th or 13th. I'm going to say 12th because 13th isn't a great number. <laughs> the 12th brewery in the United States to get LEED certified. Oh, wow. wow. So we went down that road. We thought it was and that important. That was in 2017 even. Right. Holy shit. Um, I know there are more since I'd like then. to see that number now in 2022. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, it's probably greater than that. It's definitely not less. <laughs> uh, it's definitely it's bigger than that. But when we did it, um, th- that's how many that we're actually prioritizing that and, and doing it and actually going that's through awesome. the, the steps to get it. See, the so only we did. other one off the top of my head that I can think of is 
Oh, shit. Uh, in Michigan. Not quite off the top of your head. Not quite. Yeah, no, I literally <laughs> just had a brain fart. Well, Sierra I is. New Belgium is. Yeah. New Belgium is. Some I think the ones, new yeah. facilities. I don't know about the old facilities, but I know the new ones. Again, they took the opportunity to like, hey, let's do this right. Yeah. Maybe their old ones are too. As I don't far know. as the Midwest, though, you guys were. Yeah, I don't know anybody probably. else in the Midwest that might be lead certified. I, so I think there's one in Michigan. Not um, Bells? Not, no, it's a smaller one. They have. Uh, a farm ha- farmhand IPA. It's like more of a Farmstead Hill. Farm Hillstead. No, that's that's on the East Coast. We'll get back to it. We'll, we'll cut this out. Yeah, because I can't remember it now. <laughs> Someone, w- way to go, Michigan. Yeah, no, yeah. Yay, Someone, Michigan. Yeah. Right. Good job, guys. <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards. But yeah, you guys. I mean, because that that that's not a free thing. So you have to a believe right. in the infrastructure to put the time and money and effort mm-hmm. into that. Well, there is payback on it, right? Yeah. So energy efficiency, typically, like as we were going through this project, we were looking at the number seven. If we could get our money back in seven years and we could stretch the budget to do it, and the budget was stretchable, which at times it wasn't, um, then you did it. Yeah. Solar fell fell into that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And I'm sure the, the community likes it too, right? I mean, they're, they're happy with that. The, with you guys, A, being here. Mm-hmm preserving this building but also making it something that uh is good for the environment i think there's value there to to them that they they look at our brand and they view it in that way yeah but one hey this building didn't get knocked down fantastic because it's a cool building two oh you're trying not to like just abuse the energy grid fantastic too i'm gonna buy some of this fix your dance it tastes great yeah all of that stuff right thought process of consumer this 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 i'm gonna grab six of these because all of those reasons or maybe just one of those reasons, um, and then move forward. So, Sorry, go ahead, James. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to kind of pivot because you're talking about, you're like getting into a relationship with your consumer here. And it's like, how do you use your, or the tap room, you know, as part of that, as we said, with like the energy saving, uh, being lead certified and everything that's attractive to people too. And of course the beer is fantastic. The space is amazing. Very fantastic. Like how do you use those and Cedar Falls as well to like create that, authentic relationship with your consumers, you know, keep people coming back besides just your product. Right. You know, that's part of the ship that I would say I guide and my answer would be poorly. Like we don't (laughs) communicate that as well as we could all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when we tell people that sometimes they're surprised. And when I find out they're surprised, I'm like, shit, I haven't done my job. But I haven't told you like about all the stuff that we're working on mm-hmm. um, in that process. And I would say the same thing goes for like, like supportive NPOs and stuff like that. When people are like, oh, I didn't know you guys did all of this stuff. And it's like, oh, man, our marketing team, which, you know, we've got some guys that work on marketing a little mm-hmm. bit, but maybe not their primary job. That's on me. And I'm like, man, I don't know that we've told this story as well as we possibly could in terms of interacting with the consumer and getting them, getting them to love us for all of the stuff that we're trying to do and that they help us do by buying our stuff and encouraging them to buy well, our stuff. Well, give us the, the top time. three. Here's your platform. Yeah. Well, solar is big. Like yeah. lead certification is huge um, that we're trying to stay off the grid as much as we can and do the right thing there. Um, community involvement is gigantic. Our support of nonprofits is something that we prioritize. We do, um, and it ties in with outdoor recreation, which falls right into the stuff in support of like local businesses, but we have a bike ride. In the summertime on Thursday nights where we have a local bike shop that helps throw this bike ride. And then if you come to the tap room that night, 
you get you know a percentage of the sales go back to a nonprofit organization, oh, nice. and then the organization gets that the, the stage that night to talk about what they do. <clears throat> so not only do we give them some money, but we also give them a room full of people to say like, "Hey, we do this stuff, and it's awesome." Yeah. And and hopefully some people in the room care that night, right? We try to you know entwine intertwine that stuff in mm-hmm. everything that we do. So those are kind of the big things that we try to get out there. And we try to get them out in like day to day activities which is the best way to, I think, market them. But when, every time I run into somebody that doesn't know, and I'm like, shoot, man, like, I need to talk louder. I need to be on more podcasts, right? You could, we should, let's you get, be on more podcasts. Let's get single-speed podcasts single-speed started podcast, up. Single-speed podcasts, baby. Let me tune you, in you every do, week. We both have a face for radio, so. Radio let's is our thing. Happen. That's what I said before <laughs> I left, uh, left the group out there. I was like, when can I, I put my shirt back on? I gotta go. <laughs> right. when, can we get, when can we put our shirts back on? Yes, <laughs> we're, we're all shirtless right now. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. No, I think Podcasting. it's really good to a like, and here's the ego stroke. Are you guys ready for it? James, you feel free to hop in. Okay. The business is good. The branding is insane. It's awesome. You showed us through this building, uh, the time and effort you've put into, and I haven't seen the Cedar Falls, but this Waterloo facility. Just your, your, your fucking shatter-resistant tile floors in there. That's a brewery. That's like, we care a little bit more than just putting down the, the shellac floor. <clears throat> I don't want to say I was super jealous of uh, the Argolite, but I am. Yeah, no, I am too. Uh, <laughs> I want them product. in my kitchen. I, I've been moved here in 2019. I've been drinking your guys' beer since 2019. And I haven't had one that I've been like, no thanks. The beers are phenomenal. And that shows a lot about you guys and the brand you're trying to build but now being here seeing it the lead certification uh uh the nonprofits uh that you guys support what you're doing you 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 not only you talk the talk but you walk it as well right and that's what you're doing with this business in waterloo fucking iowa guys and right in this is this is as central iowa as you can get right here and that's awesome and it's not a huge community but you guys are putting the money in and the effort in to make it something better. And I think that's really, really, really cool and says a lot about who you both are. And especially you, Dave, since this was y'all's baby 10 years ago. I mean, we appreciate the ego stroke, right? <clears throat> Do we? A little awkward, but we appreciate it. A little it. awkward, <laughs> but I mean... It... Compliments, man. Yeah, I don't know where to go. Let's just end it. Yeah. Uh, hey, what are we drinking next? Uh, We're gonna go to Sacred, and we'll finish up with Sacred. Nah, is that it? We're we gonna go into it. Let's do it. Let's no, do keep it. talking. Let's keep talking. About no, all I wanted to it. say is, I mean, it. It. Like, obviously, I don't know when Dave first started working on uh, plans for the Waterloo tap room to come open. I think it was summer of 2014. I might be mistaken. Sounds good. Um, but it it, it takes. You know, we say this all the time. If it's um, especially when it comes to our successes, it, it takes a village to make it happen. Yeah, it really does. You know, whether it's on the taproom side or the production side uh, or business development side. I mean, without the team that we have in place, none of it exists. And regarding community, like, you know, we could probably be louder about what we do within the community. But at the same time, we're probably not where we are today without the community that we're in because yeah. at the time, you know, in, in 2014, when we kind of first started mumbling about possibly trying to move down here, everybody was like, Oh shit. Hell yeah. Like I'm down for sure. I mean, there yeah. was a bike ride that went from Cedar Falls tap room to what might someday possibly be the Waterloo tap room. 
Oh, that uh, just trying to raise awareness for you know this is a historical building relevant to the city of Waterloo because like yeah, I'm a Waterloo kid. I when when I grew up, go to the public library right next door and you could smell the the uh, cinnamon raisin bread being made. Mm-hmm. Okay, today's a good day. I don't know what's happening in that <laughs> building, but today's a good right. day, right? And I think that at least four or five days a week, we're able to kind of provide that same sensation to people. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's beer being made today, which right. is pretty cool. And that, I think that starts, a lot of that is possible because of the community that we have today. Yeah. 100%. I think, uh, I think when, when good people have good intentions on building something, good will happen. And I've said that word a lot in the last 28 seconds. A lot of good. But there's a lot of good coming That's out good. of this building, whether it's product, uh, the beer, the food, uh, the f- people. When, when James and I walked in this door, uh, y'all had a hostess up here who was opening the door for a guy that was on crutches with a broken foot. Mm. And she held the door for us. And she was sweet and wonderful and, and welcoming to everyone we saw when you were walking us around saying hello. You know, but also like, just go back to the, the, the hallway kitchen. You're putting the time and the money into getting your servers and bartenders trained, and yeah, that the Cicerone of, program, yeah, CBS, and all those papers up there. I mean, there's, there's, like I said, you're, 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 you're not just talking about doing it. You're actually doing it and putting it into practice, and that's really cool. So, cheers to you guys. We're drinking cheers. sacred, Dave, and uh, uh, somebody take us down the sacred train here. Tell us about this. Austin, you got to talk about this one a little bit. We've done we've done two cows, which is an imperial milk stout barrel-aged for a couple of years now. Sacred's a touch different, and, and Austin can talk about why. Yeah, so we've done a number of different things with barrel-aging. Uh, it's kind of like that first time we soured some wort in Cedar Falls. It was like, oh, wow, we did it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we did a, a single, uh, single barrel-aged beer over in Cedar Falls. Turned out nicely. Everybody loved it. That was great. It was kind of like a test of like, okay, we can mm-hmm. we can do this. You know, like we're fully capable. We've done some research. We can make make good beer, put it into a nice barrel, and kind of pull it out and go from there. Uh, Sacred itself, you know, we we wanted to build a pond, tip the cow day. So we had we already had two cows. That's a beer that we've done I think now two years in a row, um, and two cows in imperial milk stout aged in bourbon barrels. This particular year, it was aged in a combination of either Elijah Craig or Heaven Hill barrels. Mm. Ooh, um, yum! So we we already had some good stuff to kind of to work with, right? It's like you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. They make good bourbon. Uh, let's throw some good beer, good base beer into a barrel. Wait a year and see what happens. We kind of got real serious, I'd say, about planning Tip the Cow Day in late August, early September yep. of this year, and it was like, okay, we have some different options for kind of our our call it a hype beer or our, our premier white whale mm-hmm. of the day. Uh, what can it be? It could be a bunch of different adjuncts or it's like, let's try something we haven't done before. And that was kind of our, what we elected to do is try something we haven't done before being uh, double barrel aging. Yeah. Something that we've talked about as a production team back there is like, all right, those guys, guys and gals back there are super hungry. It's fantastic to work with them. I mean, they want to do stuff that is, continuing to push the envelope and that's i think what we're all about as a company but uh we sat down in late october at which point uh two cows the base beer had sat in barrels for 10 months and we picked through our top 
top barrels of the 10 that we had available for selection, picked our top two, uh, and from there decided, okay, one of these or both of these will go into a separate second barrel being mm-hmm. Woodford Reserve Double Oak Bourbon Barrel. Oh, okay. And we're going to let go. it sit for 60 days and kind of see what happens. And from there, it's going to be, okay, this is, mm-hmm. uh, this is where we're at. Now, keep in mind, we'd never done this before, so there were some night sweats at times where it's was like, hey, is this going to work out? I think it's going to work <laughs> out, uh, but this is what Sacred's going to be. So Sacred sat originally in a Heaven Hill barrel for 10 months, and then we moved it over into a Woodford Reserve Double bourbon, double Oak Bourbon barrel for another two months. Amazing. Uh, we're delighted to pull nails <clears throat> and find that it was extraordinarily hot, but instead kind of took what we thought was already a fantastic base liquid and then just kind of built upon it and amplified everything that was already in there. Um, yeah. So right. Imperial Stout rested in one bourbon barrel for 10 months, racked it into another bur- another bourbon barrel for another two months, pulled it out, dipped it into gold wax. Love it. <laughs> this is really good. This <laughs> I yeah. love this. I'm, it is. Um, it's soft man. and palatable, but mm-hmm. you can taste the alcohol. If you were to say, hey, there's cocoa nibs in there, I would believe you. Mm-hmm. But there aren't. There aren't. That's right. what I'm saying. So this, this, is, is, this is like. This is an incredibly. It's like silky. Like, silky, marshmallowy, chocolatey. That's like a. The tiniest bit of bitterness on there that just kind of rounds it out perfectly. This is a phenomenal beer. This is desserty for sure. It's a cool beer. One of the things I will say, which I think is a fun thing to talk about on a podcast. One of the motivations behind us going double barrel was we've released barrel-aged beers. We released barrel-aged mm-hmm. double donuts, which is the version of our Zach's Mexican Donuts. Oh, trust in me. October. I was here that day. Yeah, I remember seeing you. It's fun. He Good doesn't beer, remember right? seeing you. Uh, <laughs> that's what that's how you know it was double fun. donuts will do to you. Uh, we, we, we have taken a little critique from the beer community on, like, the barrel character. could like You could amplify the barrel oh, character a little bit. And we're putting, like... Oatmeal stouts with spices mm-hmm. in the barrel. So we're, yep. we're trying to nuance it, right? And we're not trying to blast you with barrel. And we're putting a milk stout, which is going to have some sweetness in yep. it, yep. in the barrel. That, those are our two primarily barrel-aged stouts. So we were a little bit motivated to double barrel this one to make mm-hmm. sure that we're like, hey, barrel barrel character, right? You know, oh, like... It's, it's there. We don't. We just don't want to see the untapped review. Yeah, I don't know. Saying who, no barrel character. So I don't know who was drinking double donuts and was saying there wasn't. Well, it was that enough. one guy. You know, everybody knows that yeah. one guy. Steve. Yeah. He Son sent me the a screenshot a... of the review. I, I Steve, that guy. Yeah. We're, hey, Steve. We're coming for you personally. Yeah, man. We're gonna. We're but, gonna make sure that you love right. barreled beer. I don't know. But I, well, I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> oh, just, I was gonna have just heard him. Okay, that works. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Take but the, it, take the bottle. It's worth noting that like we pay attention to that, and like when people say it, we want we can do it. Sure, you know we'll yeah, do absolutely. it. I mean, it's not zero work um, to to double barrel age, and it's not zero cost, but we can do it, and we can mm-hmm. bring that character forward. We can bring you that one too. And we still have this one and two cows, and we still have Zach's Mexican Donuts, which are more along the lines of like what we planned on doing, the and then we'll, we'll double barrel age one, and like, well, shit, guess what, guys? We found something out. Thank you for motivating us. This is fun too. Yeah, it's good, you know. I, I and and all my years of brewing, putting putting beer in wood has been one of the highlights of it. And I've always loved it. I've put filled and emptied maybe close to five hundred barrels, maybe four hundred, five hundred barrels. I, I don't know. I think I talked about it last time. Fucking amazing! I yeah, love it. It's, <laughs> look, 
barrel aging wood and beer is like magic to me and i love it where it's like there's a waiting game you're tasting it at throughout its whole life and just seeing it change and become you know like sacred like that's awesome where it's like that's the final product and people are gonna appreciate that and when they hear the story about it too yeah it makes you appreciate it even more that's yeah I don't know. When I hear, I get, I wax nostalgic so much about just, just, I don't know. It's wine, bourbon, beer, all in barrels, and it sits there, and it, like, has a life, you know, and you take it out, and you experience it, and it's beautiful. Sorry. I'm going on a little tangent we're getting, here. We're getting a little nostalgic no. here. Yeah, I love it's it. It's beer. You know, it, it's, it's funny that um, we make a product that people consume that not everybody consumes, because we are a, at the end of the day, a industry that is uh not relied upon anybody nobody nobody nobody's like well we have to have beer yes you know we are uh we are a industry that completely relies on people wanting to come to us but there's nothing i think any four of us would rather be in right i mean i I don't want to speak for everybody but right spot on that's uh we, we are commodities industry and 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 we're going to keep making beer and alcohol for you. I mean, beer is better than widgets, right? Yes. <laughs> like, nobody just wants to go make widgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making yeah. beer, man. Yeah, selling yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is. There's something about it that, that brings joy. And, like, tip the cow day to day. You guys are here, and we love that you're here for it, but you get to see it, and you're like, hey, that is a room full of people that yeah. are, like, here for beer. And look, look around. They're having fun. You Absolutely. Know? Like, they're having fun. They're having some breakfast. They're grabbing some stuff to go with them, and, and they're enjoying the, the morning. Yeah. Some I, widgets might do that, but I don't know that all widgets do. I, I agree. Absolutely. And I told you, I think you were at, before I best, you were at Lua the day before, right? Yep. And I was telling you, I can't remember who you were with, someone else from Single Speed. But I was telling you guys that me and my wife come up here, we have for the last three years, for Zach's Mexican Donuts, because as Grace's favorite beer, I love it too. Drink a lot of it when we're up here. Drink a lot of double donuts. But we, it's awesome. It's, it's a trip. It's a destination, you know? It's like the brewery's phenomenal. We love the food here. And we get to have a delicious donut and a bunch of beer. And then our friend who didn't really drink gets to drive us home. It's amazing. We get to do yeah. it every year. And it's right around, like, our anniversary, too. So there's all that and everything as well. But I am I like that you guys do this. I honestly didn't know there was a Tip the Cow Day because apparently I don't pay attention until so this I mentioned year. It. So yeah, and I was like, they do a Tip the Cow Day? That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Probably a little more than Zach's Mexican Donuts, but... Uh, I don't know. Who doesn't... Donuts are... Oh, no. No, it's amazing. You can but I'm like, tip the cows like... Donut. Yeah, it's like one of your flagships, but... Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, no. We have so much Zach's Mexican Donuts in the house when it's for sale because Grace can't stop drinking it. Well, I'm sad that Pete Holmgren couldn't be with us because oh, all he talks about geez. is Waterloo. He does. Every other word out of his mouth is <laughs> Waterloo. Waterloo. Yeah. Or, or uh, uh, Dave Morgan, which... Besides the yeah. fact, but he honestly, always has a Dave Morgan story. Next time, Pete. Dave Austin, <laughs> thank you guys for letting us invade your your Saturday here at Tip the Cow Day. Wait, are there thanks any for, things you guys want to plug real quick? Thanks sorry, for being host. Sorry. We're getting there. I'm Let me sorry. finish. God damn, it's the same. Thank you bro. for hosting us. <laughs> Tell us about what's coming up soon. Your social medias, any events, any beer releases that you have on the agenda i mean we got some stuff dropping late february it's going to be fun spring break based we've got some food rage beers coming out Ooh. a kettle sour with coconut and mango it's going to be fantastic it's, it's great but i think the i think what we should focus on now is that like it's 
It's one forty-four. You guys have been here for a couple hours, and we've been able to sip on some beers. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should focus on going to have a beer. Yeah, maybe check out that Whirlpool hot tub. Oh, baby! Yeah, I'm in, guys. I brought thank my swim trunks. <laughs> thank you guys for having us, Dave, Austin. Thank you. I'm Alex. I'm James. That's James. Pete's not here because he sucks. We'll see you next time.